Which leper are you? Which leper are you? Are you the uh, are you one of the, uh, the 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 nine that kept on walking that day, or are you the one that turned around and worshipped at Jesus' feet? Which leper are you? Every sermon I've ever heard on this passage ends with that question: Which leper are you? And I'm telling you, I started out at the beginning of this week trying to find another angle, right? I'm not going to be that boring pastor that ends, which leper are you? And I worked it and worked it and worked it, and that's all I could come up with. This, uh, this passage, as far as I can tell, inexorably leads to the question, which leper are you? Sometimes we preachers love to trot out this passage around Thanksgiving, Right? Are, are you like these ingrates that kept on walking to Jerusalem? Or are you like the thankful leper that worshiped at Jesus' feet? I have a feeling for as long as this story has been told, maybe before Luke even wrote it down when the disciples were, 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 were telling this story to new Christians, they probably ended with the question, which leper are you? So that's the question we're going to end with this morning. Which leper are you? I'm preparing you so you can be thinking about it. Which leper are you? First, we've got to tell the story. See, once there were a hundred lepers in leper town. Um, I don't know whether there were exactly a hundred, but for the, fake, for the sake of our story, we're going to say there were a hundred lepers in leper town. Because see, um, in the border between Judah and Samaria, there was, there was a leper colony um, where all of the lepers that were cast out of their communities went to live. Because once you contracted leprosy, you were kicked out of your home. You were kicked out of your town. You could no longer uh, uh, be in the same place that you grew up with, the same people you grew up with. You could no longer, you no longer had access to worshiping your God. Suddenly, um, uh, you became persona non grata. Suddenly, you were cast to the margins of society. And so outcasts have to stick together. And so, uh, and, and so these, the, the, these lepers would, would come together and they would form communities whether they were uh, whether they were Jews and Gentiles or um, or Samaritans it, ne- it didn't really matter because they weren't those things anymore as far as the outside world were concerned they were lepers now uh, leper was a catch-all sort of word that 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 that, that, that sort of encompassed any um, condition um, uh, that, that involved breaking of the skin Right, and so some of these uh, some of these lepers would be people that had severe forms of psoriasis or eczema, right? Uh, that 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 they had breaking of the skin, and some would have what we think of as leprosy today, capital L leprosy, Hansen's disease, right? A, a, a disease of of the nerve endings that that causes um, uh, the the flesh to begin to rot, and sometimes fingers and toes to fall off. Right, all of these were considered lepros- leprosy. 
And so it didn't matter. Um, uh, it didn't matter Jew, Gentile, Samaritan, um, whether you had a little bit of leprosy, a lot of bit of leprosy. You were cast out and you were now a part of this community. There were 100 lepers, let's say, living in leper town, living together without hope. And that day, out of the 100, 10 lepers had hope. I'm telling you this because, you know, we like to knock around the other nine and, 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 and talk about how terrible they were. But I want to tell you, out of the 100, out of all the people living in that leper colony at that one time, there were 10 lepers that heard Jesus, the healer, was coming through. And they decided to, to, to put on their torn clothes that day and, and, and go out to the rogue and meet Jesus, the healer, and call out to him. Of those 100, only 10 had hope. Because you see, leprosy was a hopeless disease. Um, uh, people called leprosy in that time walking death. Not because um, you were terminal or, or, or you, know, you were about to die because you had leprosy, but because you might as well be dead. As far as your society was concerned, it was like you were dead. You live this shadowy existence on the borderlands between societies. If you were a leper, um, you, had to, you had to wear t- torn clothes so that everyone who saw you knew you were a, you were a leper. Uh, if, if you weren't allowed in the towns, and if you encountered someone on the road, um, you had to stay six feet away. And if the wind was blowing that day, a hundred feet away. Had to call out, unclean, unclean, so people would know. It was a hopeless disease. Because once you become a leper, and you have no choice but to live among other lepers, what hope is there for healing? It wasn't simply back then considered a physical disease, right? It, it wasn't back then just considered a, a, a business of the cells not quite doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, uh, back then, leprosy was seen as a spiritual condition. When we talk about the lepers being healed, we don't say they were healed. We say they were cleansed, right? Because, because uh, they, they had a spiritual sinful condition that needed cleansing on the outside and from the inside. People believed back then that leprosy was a kind of, uh, a, a kind of punishment or at least an abandonment by God. And whether it was for sins that, that, that you did or sins that, that, that your great-grandpappy did sometime before, uh, that was on you. And in the eyes of the community, a sin, just as much as, as a disease, was something that could spread and affect the community. So the sinful person had to be expelled for the sake of the community. Imagine for a second believing that about yourself. Believing that, 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 that you were noxious before God. Believing that, that, that something in your very 
character made you, uh, uh, made you an abomination before him. Because people looked at, at leprosy as an aberration of the established order. Right? The, 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 the stuff that's inside your body is supposed to stay inside and, 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 and go no further. And there's all kinds of rules in the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, about how you, how you, how you regulate yourself so that the stuff inside stays inside and doesn't pollute the community. And when you're a leper, you've lost all control of that because, because the skin, which is, is, is the border between the inside and the outside, has been breached. Imagine looking at yourself and feeling like that you were somehow despised and rejected before God, that you were cut off from your community, but also believing that you should have been. Imagine being cut off from any possibility of worshiping your God. Not being able to see your family the people you grew up with. It was a hopeless disease and only 10 people woke up that morning in leper town with hope. Only 10 people woke up that morning and said, we're going to put on our torn clothes and we're going to go out to the road because we've heard about this man called Jesus the healer who healed another leper in Galilee. If he can do that for him, he can do that for us. Imagine being one of the 10 they said to her friends, won't you come with us? We're going to go see if, the, if Jesus, the healer, can cleanse us. And their friends have been without hope for so long. They said, you go ahead. They'd tried it before. They'd gone out to the road and asked for pity from strangers and only had rocks thrown at them and only been told to go back where they belong. Only 10 that morning had hope. They had faith. It was an extraordinary thing to come close enough to call out, Jesus, have mercy on us. And because those 10 lepers out of the 100 had hope, those 10 lepers were healed. They called out to Jesus and Jesus said, Go show yourself to the priest. At first, they may have been, you know, um, disappointed. Well, geez, mister, if we could show ourselves to the priest, we wouldn't be here. But they're obedient. That's the other thing you have to know about them. They're obedient. These, these ten do what Jesus commands them to do, whether it makes sense to them or not. Jesus said, show ourselves to the priest. By golly, we're showing ourselves to the priest. And so they turn and they begin to walk towards Jerusalem. And as they walk on the way, they are cleansed. For one of them, I imagine, it's like, like his skin has burned for so long. It's been red and, and there have been cuts in it that, that he's just, he can't remember life before the pain. Just so used to the pain. And I imagine he's walking along the way and he feels the, the breeze on his face and the breeze on his arms. And for the first time, it doesn't come with a sting and a burn. And, and, and he's startled by it. And he looks down and he sees the, the hands that were, that were once red and cut open with sores have been restored to what they were like before. 
for another, he, he would have been happy to feel that burning sensation because at least he would feel something. For the last decade, uh, he's not been able to feel anything through, the, through that, 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 the husk of, of the scaly uh, uh, skin that, that's all over him. I imagine he's walking forward and he just sort of absent-mindedly feels the coarse wool of his outer tunic. He's the first touch sensation he's had in years and he's startled and he looks at his fingertips and they're restored. For another, it's smell. This guy has the capital L leprosy, the Hansen's disease. His, his nose has long since rotted off and he's not been able to smell anything. He's walking toward Jerusalem and he goes by a pomegranate tree and he smells fruit for the first time and forever. And he reaches up to touch a nose he's not supposed to have with fingers he's not supposed to have. And, 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 and it's incredible. He's been cleansed. He's been restored. Imagine what it felt like to be these lepers on the road. The, 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 the closer they got to Jerusalem, the, uh, the, 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 more, the more cleansed, the more healed they became have to understand is they're walking in obedience. Jesus commanded them. Jesus commanded them, go show yourself to the priest. They called out to Jesus in faith. Jesus restored them. Now they're living lives of obedience. They put their shoulder to the plow. They're not looking back. They're letting the dead bury their own dead. Their eyes are fixed like flint. What more could you ask of anyone walking forward in obedience because they know that they've been restored in body but they still need to be restored spiritually and the only person that can do that according to the Bible is the priest and so uh, so they've got to show themselves to the priest get a clean bill of health so that they can rejoin their families and rejoin their societies. And it's an elaborate seven-day plus one-day ritual, right? Because first, when they get to Jerusalem, the first thing they're going to have to do is show themselves to the priest, and the priest is going to uh, look them up and down, examine them inside and out, make sure there are no signs of leprosy. And if that's the case, the spiritual healing can begin. And what they'll do is they'll have this ritual. They bring out this, uh, this vessel. And uh, this large clay pot um, will, have, uh, will have in it water mixed with the blood of a dove that has just been sacrificed. And then the priest will take, for reasons lost to time, a piece of cedar wood. And then we'll take, for reasons lost to time, a piece of crimson cloth and put them in that vessel. And then he'll take a living blood, uh, a living dove, and dunk it in the vessel. Take the water from the vessel and sprinkle the leper with it seven times. And then they'll let the living dove go free. And that sort of symbolizes the, the leprosy, the uncleanness leaving the community. 
Now the waiting period begins. It's a period of seven days. It, it starts by uh, the leper shaving his head and beard, um, uh, uh, washing his clothes and bathing, you know, getting rid of any impurity, and then they have to wait for seven days. In the old days, according to Leviticus, this was the point where you could uh, enter into the community, but you couldn't yet enter into your home, right? It was sort of a, sort of a, um, a, a, you were in a liminal state, liminal state, right? You were sort of halfway between um, uh, being, uh, uh, being restored. And, uh, and so, uh, but by the time of Jesus, there was actually special living quarters in the temple for this. It was called the Chamber of Lepers. And so, uh, and so, uh, so you would reside there and get all your meals for seven days. And then on the eighth day, you would bathe again, wash your clothes again, shave again, and then you would be examined again. And if it held, if the leprosy was truly gone, then there would be this ceremony of thanksgiving. Offerings would be offered up before God, and uh, and and, um, and and then uh, the person would get a clean bill of health, um, uh, uh, something in writing that they could take home and they could re-enter society. Right, the ten lepers that day had no time to waste. Right, they've got this. You know, they, they've been they've been cleansed on the outside. Now they need to go before the priest and be cleansed on the inside so that they can rejoin their families and, 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 and rejoin their communities. And Jesus has commanded them to do it. And they're going forward in obedience. What more could you ask? Well, one of the lepers isn't able to go. Because see, he's a Samaritan. Maybe he forgot he was a Samaritan for a second there, right? He had just lived among lepers for so long and never thought of himself as anything but a leper. And so his friends are all taking off for Jerusalem, and he's taking off too. And then maybe it suddenly dawns on him, there's nothing for me in Jerusalem. As a Samaritan, he wouldn't be allowed into the temple. The priest isn't going to be killing any doves for him. Maybe suddenly it, 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 this dawns on him. And, and, even if, uh, and even if the priest would overlook the fact that he's a Samaritan, and he wouldn't, but even if he would, what good would a clean bill of health from a Jewish priest do him when he got back to Samaria? So he thinks to himself, maybe I'll go back to Samaria. I'll go to my priest. Maybe they'll look me up and down. Right? And then he turns around to go back to Samaria. And as he turns around, he locks eyes with Jesus, the healer. The only person to look on him with anything but revulsion in decades. And he comes to his senses. He says, here I am worrying about what mountain we're going to kill a dove on. When I've just felt the power of God come from this man. Here I am worrying about 
whether it's the priest that wears the cloth or the priest that wears the turban that's going to bless me, when I felt the power of God coming from this man, he begins to rejoice. He begins to laugh at his own foolishness. And I don't know what he sings because the Samaritans, they don't have the book of Psalms. They only have the first five books of the Bible. So maybe maybe he sings um, uh, uh, the song that the Hebrews sang, uh, the song of the sea after they were, uh, uh, after the Red Sea was parting. They went from, 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 from slavery to freedom. Maybe he sang, who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Majestic in holiness, powerful in glory, working wonders for his children. He begins singing and clapping and dancing down the road. And then he throws himself at the feet of Jesus. And then in a day full of amazing things happening, an even more amazing thing happens. He's throwing himself at the feet of Jesus and he's saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Jesus turns to his students and says, where are the other nine? Didn't I just heal ten lepers just a second ago? And only this one has come back to praise God. And here's the amazing thing. Jesus does exactly what that priest is going to do for the others eight days from now. He looks at the leper and he says, you have been restored. You have been restored. You have a clean bill of health. Your faith has made you well. Not birds, not pieces of wood, not sprinkling of water. Your faith has restored you. So here we are. Which leper are you? Maybe you're one of the 100, right? Maybe you've been told over and over and over again throughout your life, you can come this close to God and no further. You're obnoxious in his presence. The things that you've done, the things that you do, the things that you think, the, the, you, you, you just aren't worthy to enter his presence. You are cut off. You can't be a, a part of the household of God. So come this far and no further. Maybe you've been beaten down so long by people's words that, 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 that you've begun to believe them and you carry with you a sense of helplessness. And, 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 and you hear Jesus is in your midst and, and you hear that you can draw near to him and that you can receive the healing that you need but you won't let yourself believe it probably not you're here this morning you probably got people in your family like that which leper are you are you one of the 100 or are you one of the 10 You've been healed and restored by Jesus. 
No one can take that away from you. You, you called out to Jesus in, in your distress, and he answered in a powerful way. And you can always look back, and you can point to the moment when you were one thing, and now you're another. And you'll never have to go to leper town where, where the dead bury their own dead. You'll never have to go back to that place of hopelessness again. And you can live a life of obedience to his commands. But lately, a life of obedience to his commands is all it's been. It's been about symbols and water and checking the boxes. Jesus, to you, is that guy that did that one thing for you that one time. But he's in the rearview mirror. Now you're in the temple where the righteous people hang out, where the obedient people hang out, not with all those lepers down at Leper Town. You're turtly enough for the turtle club now. Are you one of the ten? Or are you the one? You've got nowhere else to go. You can't go back to the old life. You can't go back to, 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 to the hopeless life. You can't go back to, 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 to the life of, of, of despising yourself and feeling rejected by God. But you can't go to the temple either. You can't uh, trade one set of chains for another. So the only place you know to be is at the feet of Jesus. For you is Jesus all day, every day. Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the afternoon, Jesus before you go to sleep at night. You may not be perfect, you may not check all the boxes, but by golly, you're at the feet of Jesus. Are you the one? Because this morning, for us, there is nowhere else we are called to be. There's nowhere else for us to go. Obedience isn't going to get us any closer to God than sin did. For us, Beggars in need of his grace. There's only the feet of Jesus. There's only falling before him and saying, Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.